Sorry, we're closed. All right, guys, welcome back. Episode, I don't know, but we're here just just a half house today, or two thirds of a house today. Our good friend Shawnee Pods is uh, feeling under the weather. I feel like everyone's feeling a little under the weather. I got some allergies. TiVo, you sound like you might have a little allergies kicking up over there. A couple um, allergies. It's always nice here yeah. in Tampa, so it's just like you're always battling the good weather. Yeah, that is, that's nice. That's nice. Uh, but so <laughs> very gloomy here in New Jersey. Not not we are we're battling a very different type of weather uh, up here in New Jersey. But we got an interesting show for you. The New Year's Eve went very well at the bars. All right. Well, happy New Year, everybody. We're back. Yeah, happy New Year. Welcome back. Uh, I am. Artiva, are you doing Dry January or any New Year's resolutions? I know we talked New Year's resolutions, but are you doing any Dry January nonsense? I mean, I don't really drink that much unless people want to drink. <laughs> That's an interesting <laughs> statement. That is a very interesting statement. I'll say this. Right. Like, no. <laughs> no is the answer. No, I because say, I'm, in, I'm, I'm in. Yeah, I'll say this. No, because like I'm new in Tampa. So like if there's some people that I've met that were going out one night and wanted to have fun, like I'm not going to give some speech yeah. on dry January. Go out and rip it. No, no, of course not. I will say I am for the first time participating. There you go. For a couple of reasons. For a couple of reasons. I have two reasons. The reason why I would say I was going to do it privately, so I didn't get so much peer pressure. Uh, but it's relevant to our podcast because we do talk pretty much uh, exclusively, somehow related back to business. Uh, the first reason is just because I haven't taken that kind of a break. I've only taken two weeks off since my baseball career. I, you know, I, maybe I drink only once a weekend or four times. You know, you never really know. Uh, but I haven't taken like a full 30 days, which apparently is like the threshold to kind of get your liver back to where it should be. I like doing stuff like that, too. So I'm curious. I'm curious to see what Dry January does. Uh, it will be my first one ever. Have you ever done Dry January, TiVo? I mean, when I was 14, for sure. I nailed it that year. Oh, yeah. I nailed it that year, too. I, that's, I forgot about that. Everyone does it when they're 14. Uh, yeah, I forgot yeah. about that, that rite of passage. That we have in uh, in our fourteenth year. And if you're listening across uh, abroad here, it's just an American thing. At fourteen, everyone, uh, man and woman, does dry January for the first time. See, in their, in their I'm, lives. I'm a unique. I, I feel like we've talked about this before, but like when it comes to drinking, I'm not the uh, oh had a long day coming back for a glass mm -hmm. of scotch, a thumbnail, as they say. Um, I'm not a hey, let's go to the bar and grab a beer, some wine. Like I'm fine enough if I know like I'm either drinking to feel it because I, you know i'm a big guy for those who don't know i'm a i'm a big uh, former offensive lineman for the delaware blue hens the pride of delaware joe flacco gonna win the super bowl this year um but like when i go out to drink like we're doing it and i want to feel it so the whole like let's go out for a couple beers and go home like I'll, I'll go out i'm not i'm not the person that's like oh i'm not going out if i'm not getting fucked up i'll go out but i'll just drink a diet pepsi or a water like i'm fine with that but I do like to have a good time. And so depending on, you know, I'm not sure what January will bring, whether it's a couple new friends trying something new in Tampa. I might have some family into town. So if there's if there's an event that people are, you know, want to go out and have a good time, I'm not going to turn that down. I'm not that type of person. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, listen, I, I love that about you, TiVo. We invite you up to the Christmas party. Everybody on the show knows 
Uh, and you took that flight up, and we had we had some fun for a weekend. We had some fun. There's no no question. Of, there was nothing there was dry, no dry about that weekend. There was nothing dry about that Christmas party. <laughs> nothing, nothing even remotely Dude, dry that was, about that Christmas that party. A, that was a two-parter. That was a two-parter. I fell asleep oh. on the way to Hoboken and woke up and had another night out. <laughs> that is the one thing about going into the city and then going to Hoboken, especially during the holidays. It can be yes. a little bit trafficy. Oof, uh, on the way road. back, so it can take 30, 45 minutes, and it's only a mile, mile and a half away. If you're, you're not, not moving, like, for, you're not moving. No. You're just like, so that's why, like, when I get a car service, I have this one. I have this one guy that I always use as a car service. Shout out Jose, I love that guy. I wasn't using him that evening, but if I ever do, I always have something light, like whether it be a couple beers, maybe a I guess a bottle of scotch isn't light, but you really only have one drink on the way home. It wouldn't be like a lot. So like I have something in the car with some music to get people to keep drinking and enjoying themselves and kind of moving. And then he puts some music on to get into a conversation, and the trip goes a lot faster. But TiVo took a, a brief snooze, and then uh, and, I, and we, because I was the guest and I was you know I was like kind of the the add-in I felt like to the car. I volunteered as a bigger dude. It was a nice volunteer. I went all the way to the back. So when you're all the way in the back of the SUV, you're not a part of the mix and in the conversation. Yeah. No, and just no. had to do a quick listen, reset in the back. It didn't, it didn't go unnoticed. Everyone noticed the bigger dude went into the back. If you remember, however, there were two other pretty large gentlemen in the car, one being myself. That's true. That's and true. Gabe, is, Gabe, Gabe is not a small individual. Uh, yeah, so may, maybe, I was the, maybe I was technically <laughs> the smallest in the group because I got the shortest legs. And <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. I will well, say guys, this. Gotta, what if maybe, maybe we'll, we'll get Sean. We'll get Sean on. I've been interested in uh, the 72-hour the fast has piqued my interest. I don't know if I have the commitment to even do that. But Have I, I mentioned you that I'm doing it? Right now? You're in the middle of it? No, no, no. That I'm going to do it in January. All right, I was going to say, maybe we could do that as a program. We could do that. So, Sean, I, 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 I mentioned it. Yeah, I mentioned it to Sean. I'm not sure remember remember how interested he was. I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that if we do that as a group. So, we'd start on Tuesday, and then, like, Thursday would be the last day? Yes. That, I so think we, that. We, we got to start, start. Yeah, we got to start it as so the podcast is ending the fast. So, But we right. haven't eaten yet. I don't want to have eaten yet. But the podcast right. is ending the fast. I yeah. love that idea. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, great content. A, great content. That's a good idea. All right, I'll so we'll do that. We'll, yeah, so we'll pick, we'll pick we'll pick a couple of days. Sean might be Sean might be a little bit tougher because he actually like has to go in and and you know he's not in the medical profession, but he's like helping people feel better as far as like aches and pains and stuff from his strength and conditioning days. So he might struggle, but we'll see if we can sign him on. If regardless of that, if we don't. He will just have to carry the weight of that podcast that day and help us through because me and you will be struggling. Uh, but I heard great things about it. I've heard uh, you know Dana White endorsed it quite a bit. I've heard a lot of people talk about how great it is. So um, we'll talk about that next episode. But this episode, we're going to go over, interestingly enough, the Aaron Rodgers-Jimmy Kimmel saga. We are then going to relate that to a do a topic in business. It's more of like a social media growth type topic, but important to grow your grow things. Um, and then we're gonna list the top seven of those that I found online um, and go from there. So let's get right into it. If you haven't seen it, Jimmy Kimmel and Aaron Rodgers, uh, they have uh, had a beef going on for a little while, presumably. I didn't see a lot of it, but 
That's what Pat McAfee said on his show. And recently, Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show, and he talked about how Jimmy Kimmel doesn't want the Epstein logs to come out because uh, in, insinuating. So the ba- the background it. was they talked about the Epstein list before, and then Jimmy on his show made like you know made fun of Aaron Rodgers for being a conspiracy theorist. And, you know, poke fun at him like he does in his monologues and stuff. So then this was round two where, you know, I, I think I, I, I believe that almost Jimmy Kimmel took the first shot. This isn't like a rogue shot from from uh, 12 there on on Jimmy Kimmel. So, you know, they've talked about the Epstein stuff. And then obviously Jimmy has his show and was making some jokes. So he specifically called out Aaron Rodgers on his show. And then now this is. You know, Aaron Rodgers, you call it Aaron Rodgers, he's going to probably take a shot at you. Yeah, so, so TiVo, play the clip. the rebuttal. Yeah. A lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, are really hoping that doesn't happen. <laughs> All right. All right. Obviously, a clip from this particular program was run on Jimmy Kimmel's show uh, whenever Aaron brought up the, the list and then Jimmy mocked him for it. Mm-hmm. Aaron has not forgotten about that, but here we are sitting right in front of that nice bottle of scotch. Mm-hmm. What do you say? I'm waiting to celebrate something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Something <laughs> He's awesome. been waiting That's for the that. one. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what. If that list comes out, I definitely will be popping, popping some sort of bottle. Hey, you've been calling for it for a few years now. All right, so you heard great, that. Great clip. And great clip. <laughs> great clip. And has done quite – talk about numbies. Has done quite the numbies for Pat yeah. McAfee's show. Um he had so to put the one out thing a retraction. I will see. Did you see that? He put out a retraction. I did. I did see that. Yeah. I did and they deleted that. it. They deleted uh, it from their Instagram. Did they? Yeah. So the the one thing I'll say uh, before we get into how we're spinning this into business, but the one thing I will say is that I feel often, obviously, there's a line. Personally, I don't think Aaron Rodgers crossed the line. Um, I think it's being a little sensitive. And also, from a talk show host, like you guys like make a living off going up there in the beginning of your show and taking a bunch of digs at a bunch of celebrities and people across the country. So to like obviously if you listen to the clip, you guys obviously all just did. To at least the way I took it was Aaron Rodgers was talking shit. And based off of what Pat McAfee said on his on his show, the, you know, talking about the situation and what had happened. I thought he thought he seemed to think the same thing that he was just talking shit. Um, I think you know if you're, in my opinion, you know when you're in middle school and like you know people make funny or something like that, and the teachers, the way the teachers always get like try to cheer you up is by saying you can't let it get to you because then people will think it's true type of thing. Like to me, like like not that I think Jimmy Kimmel's on the list or it will be on the list or anything like that but like to me it's more like why would you like if 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 Aaron Rodgers if somehow I got big enough where Aaron Rodgers said I was going to be on the Epstein list I would laugh and I we would we'd go back at him on on social um I wouldn't get all butthurt about it uh especially when my life is making fun of other people like that is that would be what I was doing as a talk show host so so to speak so I thought it was a little soft skin from Jimmy Kimmel do you have any what do you think Tivo am I wrong on that do you think that he's no, soft skin yeah yeah it's yeah I mean it is I guess it is a touchy touchy subject you know being a pedo you don't really want to be associated with that but if no, you understand in in the in the uh, ring of humor, yeah, you can't you can't get super butthurt and be like you're hurting my family. It's like 
How's how's Aaron Rodgers making a joke gonna hurt your family? You know, like, no. And you just making it a bigger good. deal is like it, the reason why it's becoming such a big deal is because you responded calling him an ass. Right, ass exactly. It's like, dude, it's the Pat McAfee show. Like, yeah, like what the fuck, man? What are you kidding? <laughs> uh, yeah, nobody's, but by nobody's the way, taking a clip from the Pat McAfee show and like writing it in the books of history. Talk about now. This wasn't on the show notes. We talk about another thing that has made people uncomfortable. Did you see the Dave Chappelle stuff? Uh, I mean, uh, it's a classic. Like he, Chappelle's specials out. I haven't seen it yet. I might watch it tonight. Oh, so it's like it, I I just saw this clip because this particular clip is what's going viral and everyone's upset about. Uh, listen, I think Netflix might be, you know, uh, you know, secret, you know, not in the woke community at all type. You know, typically in the media world, it's a lot of wokeness. Uh, I feel like Netflix might not be a part of it. this. Is the second Dave Chappelle uh, one they sent out. This is the second Were one they- getting heat. They took the stand last time. They're like, if you don't like what's on the platform, you can, you know, talk to your manager. We can give you a severance maybe, and find so, a new job. Yeah, so maybe they're not, uh, maybe they're not secret. But I, I listen. I thought it was, I thought it was awesome. Uh, and then he made this joke, which I, listen, I am a person that likes jokes. I laugh. I am definitely probably. I hope I would likely offend some people by saying what I'm about to say. But the joke he had was I laughed out loud too. I thought it was he went through this whole bit about Norm McDonald and how uh, uh, he had to and I'll, since Tivo since you haven't seen I want you should watch it. Actually, you know what, Tivo? Screw me. I'm not gonna do a rendition. Plug this clip in, I'll send it to you later. So you'll plug it in here so people can listen to it. Now so now obviously you guys just heard the clip. It's a little bit aggressive for me to say that I I thought it was hilarious uh, because obviously it's going against the trans community. Um, but it's like like one of the things that I struggle with a little bit, I really don't want to dive into this, so this is going to be the last thing I say on this. But one thing I always struggle with is when trying to get a- inclusion and all that stuff. I understand it's been a weird, weird thing for a number of years and people are trying to make sure everyone feels welcome and all that, and I'm all for it and all that good stuff. But part of being included is also being able to get made fun of. It's kind of part. It might be the last domino to fall type of thing once everybody's in there. So I can understand that argument. But like, I think you gotta be fair game in these things and like let people make fun of you. Like the amount of white people jokes that are out there. And I understand you go through the history and we've had a leg up and all that good stuff. So we not you know we're not shouldn't be as worried about it. But there's a ton of jokes out there about all these different types of people. And I think you kind of have to at some point. Maybe maybe now's not the point. But at some point you gotta. You got to kind of run with these jokes and, and laugh a little bit with them. And maybe some people are. Who knows? I mean, I, every, every, I get on TikTok and Instagram Reels all the time. I think the whole LGBTQ plus communities against Trump. And then I see like all these gay people talking about gays for Trump. So who, who really knows what's going Tim, on? And maybe Tim my Dylan has Tim Dillon has a hilarious bit on uh, Caitlyn Jenner. And he's like, is like Caitlyn Jenner is is the best person in the world because you have a former male gold medal Olympian who became transgender who's for Trump and it's like you just don't know where she's <laughs> she's going she's like the best in all different directions well rounded she's the most well rounded person on the planet <laughs> good for Caitlyn Jenner high for Caitlyn Jenner uh, but anyway you may ask and it has nothing to do with the jokes from from Caitlyn Jenner or um, or uh, Chappelle. You may ask how we're going to relate this to business, and the I just recently, t- you know, started looking into this myself for the own, for not only for our podcast but for my own socials uh, and kind of mo- pro- you know progressing 
uh, on that end because it helps business, whether people want to believe it or not. It's very helpful in business. And it's the collaboration. And it's one of those ways where like you, you spend a lot of time. TiVo gets it. You, know, you, you, know, we've, you spend a ton of time trying to grow an audience, trying to grow an audience, trying to grow an audience. And sometimes we put out posts and – that post is only seen by, you know, I think I put a TikTok up last night right now. Not my best TikTok. It's being seen, I think, by about 400 people right now. Not that, not my usual, right? And that's tough. And you just constantly, constantly trying to build, constantly trying to build, constantly trying to build. The what collaboration does and what helps you is it allows you to immediately reach a new audience. So, like, uh, I wish Sean was on the show right now, but Sean's Sean's starting a YouTube channel. I, I hope all of you go out and, and you know subscribe to Sean's YouTube channel. Uh, I'm not sure what kind of content he's going to post, but he has one particular friend that he's been friends with for a long time, and he said that particular friend has like 150,000 s- subscribers on YouTube. He's doing very well, uh, and I told Sean you got to collaborate with him because he is going to expedite, you know. Your growth, and it's not cheating. It's not you know. It's not like oh you know you shouldn't be able to shouldn't do. They should grow from your own. No, all Sean is getting. It's like using hashtags on TikTok. All he's doing is getting his face expedited in front of the audience that he wants. The audience, the people that are probably going to want to see Sean and follow Sean for his tips or whatever the case, whatever he decides to make. He's just being able to because of his friend, he's able to get in front of those people much faster. And so you know, in 2024, what I'm trying to do again, not only with the podcast, but uh, my own personal socials is is get out find you know list about ten people that I'd love to collaborate with, and get on their shows or get on their um, TikToks and and somehow collaborate in a certain way, because that's going to help me and our show and our socials get in front of the people that we want to get in front of in a more expedited fashion. Um, so it's it's just an important part to trying to grow and. Although Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Kimmel, I don't think this is a bit. I think this is real. Um, but you see Jimmy Kimmel do the Matt Damon bit where they've had a quote-unquote feud for years. And now that's kind of a collaboration. You know, Matt Damon, people that weren't necessarily fans of Jimmy Kimmel, might now be fans of Jimmy Kimmel because they're watching the Matt Damon clips with him. Similarly speaking, Jimmy Kimmel people might not be fans of Matt Damon, but might like him more. You know, they might not only know Matt Damon from like Goodwill Hunting, and they think he's super serious, and it's not really their their style, right? Um, similarly, you know, you're going to have whether you whether people like it or not, you're going to have a ton of anti-vaxxers and all of those types of people that maybe not have been fans of the NFL, maybe not have been fans of Aaron Rodgers, may not really follow Aaron Rodgers or what he does. We're going to come to the aid of Aaron Rodgers because they feel personally attacked by this by this you know argument. So it might not even be Jimmy Kimmel fans that are helping this collaboration for Aaron, but it might just be the argument in and of itself. Um, and then you might you know a bunch of people that you know may have be be Aaron Rodgers fans that might agree a little bit more with what Jimmy Kimmel saying. Yeah, you can't really do that. Maybe they like Jimmy Kimmel now. Maybe they watch a Jimmy Kimmel clip and they like him, and now that grows Jimmy Kimmel's pro, um, uh, online or you know persona or what have you, or just online presence. So there's a ton and of this. if I could build if I could build on the collaboration point, I yeah. think collabs have never been more important because you know if you go back 20, 30 years ago, being famous was almost like a club, right? And it was once you got welcomed into the club, then you got to go on the late night with, you know, whether it was Letterman or Leno or before that Carson. 
Um, it was more of an invitation of like, hey, you made it. Welcome to the club. And then kind of like you said, you intermingle all these famous people and that creates the content, the movies and the shows. And now with social media, there's like there's almost a new door and that new door is almost taken over, I feel like, where, you know, you're, you're kind of in control of your own personal brand. And those brands have borderline become so big through these social media apps that, you know, the collaboration, you no longer have to. There's no there's no longer like almost gatekeepers to to yeah. the, the, the fame almost. It's like you can you can create it if you can get it. Good for you. Um, however you do it, whether it's, you know, building unique content, having a sex tape, uh, you know, making good music, being an athlete. Like there's there's numerous ways to do it and, and there's less gatekeepers and then you can choose how you collaborate. I mean, I just think there's so much more opportunity and less gatekeeping, um, which makes the collaboration play all that more important today. Yeah, and I think uh, TikTok did a, uh, was big on, you know, very integral in that because you saw like the hype house. Where like all these creators came into one house, they lived there for several months, and they just kept creating content with each other. And what they would do seemingly is they'd have, let's say, three people in a video. They do, and this is when TikTok was the big dance thing. Three people in the video. The lead person in the video was their. It was their uh, video for like their their page. Then the other two would be in the background, and then they just seemingly switch. And then the next person, they would do the lead. They do the same dance, but this was for that person's page. And then the next person would come. They do the same dance for that person's page. And they would just collaborate in that way. And then they, they were, because they were there and they were tagged in the posts and all these other things, they were immediately being seen by, let's say, Charlie D'Amelio had 10 million followers at the time, and Addison Ray had five, and some other person had six. You know, instead of Charlie only being seen by her, her, her people, you know, she's being seen by 16 million other people now, so to speak. Oh no, 11 million other people, so to speak, um, by just growing that. And then maybe the, the 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 posts go a little bit more viral, and they get seen by even more people. And they just do that over and over and over again. Like, listen, Charlie hit; she did great, but it was by no mistake that she grew the way she did. It was it was a plan in place. She kept going. She kept making posts. She kept interacting with people. She kept doing more and more and more and more. And now, personally, I don't see any of her stuff on TikTok anymore. But they have their own Hulu documentary now, right? Isn't it? Isn't, I think it's Hulu, where they're pretty much keeping up with the Demilios now. Um, so like, it, it, it's 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 done well. And then, how many people really, you know, how many people that aren't super religious that would never consider releasing a sex tape after Kim Kardashian has built this billion-dollar fortune would be like, well, you know. I mean, yeah, listen, I, you know, it's going to be a year that's going to suck, but then I'm going to be it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> what do you think so the original like that. the original collaboration was like a feature on a on a hip hop track or like a song, I guess. What do you general. mean? I know. Like a feature, like so back when you would make an album, saying. right? It was your album. Yeah. So, you know, Ludacris has an album, but then T-Pain's on a song within the album yeah, yeah, featuring yeah, yeah. T-Pain, yeah. featuring Rick Ross. That's how actually that's like a joke I think inside the hip hop community is like featuring Rick Ross like he never really had many of his own songs he's always like in the background <laughs> just going, Hey listen make you can make a living make a living I mean honestly the the house music EDM music is pretty much all collaborations You just take what is a good song that somebody else made you collaborate put some beats to it that people can dance to and boom you got a song Yeah and, you know Kai goes huge now So it is the collaboration game is I think 
it's is a focus of mine in, in 2020, uh, 2024. And also, it's kind of how I build my restaurant stuff. You know, I'm not really going out, although I've done it a couple times now in 2023, but I'm not really going out and building new restaurants. Like, I'm pretty much just, to a degree, collaborating with other restaurant owners, but by buying them out over time and saying, like, you don't want to do this anymore. I'll do it for you. And we'll just, in five years, it's all mine. And like, all right, sounds good to me. And it's just way of, way of time. I mean, look at Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Like, I, again, I don't, think, I don't think it's fake. I know Tinfoil Hat TiVo might think it's fake. No, uh, not but, anymore. Not anymore. But they, they, you know, this is, again, not a collaboration, but it, to a degree, not an int- intentional collaboration, but Travis Kelsey has gained like 5 million followers on Instagram because of Taylor Swift. Like, Taylor Swift, I don't know, is benefiting as much. But, like, people are definitely seeing a different side of Taylor Swift. Like, I, you know, the amount of times I've seen her now at football games and her rooting for her team um, and rooting for Travis, I've never seen that side of her. So, you were certainly seeing something different out of, tra- out of Taylor. And there's probably a whole new group of football fans that love that side of her. So, it is interesting. It's interesting to see all that stuff. But without further ado, I did some research. And by research, I said I went to pretty much one one website because this website did a great job and listed. I picked seven collaborations over the course of you know however many years. Maybe this goes back to maybe ten years or so. That I think were pretty cool, and that were also super meaningful to one or both businesses. Uh, and it go, it'll paint the picture for you uh, that. These particular like uh, like this type of growth can come from collaboration. This kind of business can come from collaboration. There's so much that can come from it. So, without further ado, TiVo, I don't I didn't rank these, but without further ado, the top collaborations from the last ten years or so because it might have been past that. But and let's shout out quickly before I get going. Let's shout out GoBankingRates.com. Because they did this, they did this huge uh, this this article. Thank you, GoBankingRates.com. But moving on, the first one, and I think most will be familiar with this. And I'm looking forward to this show coming back out with their final season, Baskin Robbins and Stranger Things. So in 2019, the popular Netflix show Stranger Things aired its third season, featuring a fictional ice cream shop called Scoops Ahoy. Sensing a marketing goldmine, ice cream giant Baskin Robbins partnered with the show to turn their Burbank, California store into Scoops Ahoy. The location serves Stranger Things-themed ice cream flavors such as Eleven's Heaven, Demogorgon Sunday, and Upside Down uh, Praylines. Is that how you pronounce that? P-R-A-L-I-N-E-S? Pralines? Praylines? We'll give it to you. Bing! Okay. <laughs> Which means Steven doesn't know either. Uh, not only did the strategy improve revenue at the Burbank store where sales rose 150%, but the promotion paid off in 5 billion media impressions for the company worth approximately $208 million in media value, according to Hollywood Branded. So right there, I mean, this is, again, you see 150% uh, increase in, in, in actual dollars, but what they would have had to spend to get that many impressions would have been $208 million. So... An absolute win for Baskin Robbins. Stranger Things, I, I guess, probably won to a degree, just getting their name further and further out there. But uh, certainly, Baskin Robbins winning winning that collaboration, no doubt. The next one. When's the last time? I, when's the last time you've been to a Baskin and Robbins? Not a Baskin Robbins guy. 
I don't know how those are you. I mean, they're they're tied. No, but they're tied into like Dunkin' Donuts, so it's the same ownership. Oh, I that's just, true. I, I never, I never like even heard anybody be like, let's let's hit ice cream. Yeah, sure. What are you thinking? Baskin Robbins. I just haven't heard it in a while. Wonder, no, I haven't heard it in a while either. I'm like, I like a Ben and Jerry's, Cold Stone. No free ads here, but uh, Colt. That's more where I'm going. Cold Stone's big here in Hoboken, so um, and I love. I forget what it's like a, it's like a double chocolate brownie cookie dough Sunday or something like that. I get it once in a while. It makes me feel terrible afterwards, but the taste buds are you know outweigh that. But uh, the next collaboration that we want to talk about there, TiVo, Yeezy and Adidas. Now, I for those folks not keeping track at home, I'm pretty sure this partnership is over based off of Yeezy's uh, kind of you know going off the rails type thing but rapper and entrepreneur Kanye West who claimed to be to be 53 million dollars in debt just a few years ago this article for folks was written in 2019 so uh, that's a reference point has turned in his financial fortunes around thanks to a lucrative deal with Adidas for his Yeezy line of shoes and apparel the New York Times reported that West earns 5% royalties on net sales of his shoes and apparel with Yeezy sales projected at $1.5 billion in 2019, Kanye likely reaped a $65 million paycheck at the end of last year. Not only did it earn both Adidas and Kanye lots of money, but the New York Times suggested it improved Adidas' reputation as well. The benefits from the collaboration extend beyond selling $350 high-top shoes and high-end designer apparel. Almost overnight, Mr. West helped make Adidas cool again. Uh, interesting enough, I, I guess now it's probably hurt Adidas' reputation. Probably not as much, though. I don't think many people are holding this Kanye West thing over Adidas's head. Uh, but I do remember Adidas kind of fading out towards the end of my like childhood and not being super relevant anymore. Nike, like if you didn't buy Nikes, what were you buying? Do you? I don't. Were you a basketball player at all growing up, Tivo? No, I fouled out. I got in trouble for being too aggressive. Okay. All right. Well, that, that's interesting. That doesn't sound like you. You just were constantly fouling people. Yeah. Yeah. It got it got a little aggressive. I like I liked hockey. You know, so like body gotcha. check people. Yeah. I, we were also right. we we're also poor, so we could we got we got to go to like Models. Did you ever have a Models near you? It's like a oh yeah, I had Models. Yeah, yeah. I think they closed down. Yeah. But like, yeah, you got we we couldn't get the Nikes, but we could get like the knockoff. I don't even know what they were called. Gotcha. 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 All right. Well, well, you know, sorry you grew up in poverty a little bit, but <laughs> you know, happy that you you enjoyed it. And it, it seems like it seems like hockey was the right fit for you, based off of your yeah. fouling expertise in basketball. There Honestly, to be fair though, not to get back not to get back into your family's financial situation growing up, but hockey isn't that an expensive hobby? Yeah, very expensive. I mean, like we got. Yeah. I always had the handy. I always had the handy down stuff, but uh, yeah, that's probably why we couldn't Same. afford basketball Same. shoes. Yeah, I've I've always heard hockey, uh, golf, and there was one other one other really expensive sport. I forget what it was, but hockey, golf. Um, I always heard those were like. Say again. Equestrian. Oh. Maybe, but skiing. I heard skiing, snowboarding. I heard is an expensive thing. Yeah, I guess if you buy it. When you go rent for the day, it's not that bad. It's not I guess bad. all the jackets and the helmets and the goggles. Yeah. But what, yeah. What, remember remember when, Adi- when remember when Adidas like canceled Kanye? Well, everybody was canceling Kanye. So like every so was Adidas, JP Morgan like shut off his bank account. Yeah, yeah. And, oh yeah. And, oh yeah. And it was like 
do you, do you, <laughs> Kanye was like, do you know who created Adidas, the founder of your company? And everybody was like, oh, and it was like, it was like Nazis. It's from Germany. Oh, is it really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Adolf Adi Dassler, the German cobbler. The German cobbler. Is that really what his name was? Yeah. Oh, Adolf Adi Dassler, 1900 to 1978. And he was a Nazi. Yeah, that seemed to be what the uh, people of Germany were into around that time. Wow. Okay. Well, didn't see that coming. And take it I just for thought a it was, guy to go it was funny that like they yeah they like cut off Kanye and then just like he fired back with that and I was like oh shit is that true I was like oh shit I thought that was funny yeah dude man you gotta be careful with who you upset because especially a guy going off the rails he's willing to say anything at any time with that kind of platform too I just saw him recently he was yeah. at um he was at uh live down in Miami performing I don't know if it was New Year's Eve or, or what but he performed down there for a little while so uh, it, and he didn't say anything that was crazy apparently so. Well, maybe he's, and I think he's back I, on track. we'd have to look this up, but like when they 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 fired him, they're like they cut off uh, Kanye, but then they were going to sell the Yeezys, but not call them Yeezys. It was basically like I think probably still a lawsuit, I would guess. But I mean, that was just such a profitable thing for them. And then I guess it was I think that's what it was. Is like we're going to cancel Kanye. We're still going to sell the Yeezys, but call them a different name. And then Kanye's like, no, you can't do that. I'm going to sue you. And then if he won in court, they'd have to throw out all this product and they would lose like hundreds of millions of dollars of product. Did you ever see what happened of it? What came what came of it? Uh, easy lawsuit. So while he's searching this, this is another thing that can come up with collaborations. A very messy divorce. <laughs> because Early. you never really know. Honestly, at any time you, 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 know, you get rid of employees, whether... Or you try to get rid of partners or anything like that. All that stuff can get super brutal, and anything that you know you thought was safe, whether again you know we're talking about a Nazi founder, uh, can really get aired out. And you know, obviously, Yeezy's got quite the platform with a lot of people watching. Whether or not they they take what is his word for things, which most don't, but that guy's got a huge platform. You find anything, Tiva? Yeah, I, I can't find anything. Just that they're they're suing each other back and forth. So I can't. Yeah, I don't <laughs> we'll end up there. with some kind of settlement. Yeah, all, there's a bunch of recent stuff, like 15 hours ago. Adidas won court oh, wow. order freezing 75 million dollars held by Kanye. <laughs> it was Kanye in the Gap too. Remember that? Oh yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, this is dude. They're just suing. They're just suing the crap out of each other. So be careful who you partner no. with. That's the uh, be that's careful. The <laughs> Be careful who you partner with. Let's move on from a less seemingly uh, tumultuous uh, collaboration. Spotify and Starbucks, which I didn't realize they did a collaboration. Uh, but do you remember when Starbucks used to sell CDs, TiVo? I do, right at the front. Yeah. Uh, but by 2015, it was apparent that the coffee giant's relationship with the music needed to modernize. Enter Spotify. That year, 7,000 Starbucks stores teamed up with Spotify to grant exclusive access to streaming music and monetize My Starbucks Rewards Stars as Spotify currency. Starbucks' countless customers gave Spotify a massive boost. During the first year of the continuing partnership, Spotify grew its income by 80%, earning $2.1 billion in 2015. Forbes called the deal Digital Co-Branding Genius. Spotify went public in 2018 
valued at just under $30 billion, according to Forbes. While its value has shrunk slightly in 2020, the company is still worth billions and has over 299 million subscribers. And I will tell you, as an avid Apple Music guy, Spotify is still holding strong. You know, they seem to put out a better product based off what I'm hearing with the playlist and all that other good stuff. So that obviously helps. But they're kind of winning that first to market type thing because like Apple Music, like I just assume when Apple Music came out, they're going to do the same thing. They have everyone has an iPhone. Like it's going to be seamless. It's going to make things so much easier and everyone's just going to everyone's going to use Apple Music. Now, they've obviously made a dent in Spotify, but not like what I thought, I thought by now that it'd be over. I thought Apple Music would have taken over by now, and I don't know. Maybe they have taken over as the top streamer. Can you look that up, Tivo? When you get when you get a second, top but, streamer for just in general, like top just, music streamer, yeah, like, podcast streamer. Yeah, yeah. I guess top music streamer. Just to kind of see whether or not uh, the 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 uh, the Apple Music like the transition of being on everyone having Apple phones and all that is making a, a large enough dent, whether they've taken over or not is another thing, but maybe a large dent into Spotify sales. I'd say the, the, quick, the quick Google was uh, like best. So it's like comparing. It's not giving me stats. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, listen, I, I mean, you have to imagine it did make a dent, but Spotify, like I said, like even now when I'm trying to like for the waiting room, we're playing the, when I'm, tr- I'm trending away from it, the waiting room is DJs. We just don't need them. It's not really the vibe that we're going for, and it's it, it's just we're trending away from it. So what we want to do is make these big, big playlists that have thousands of songs on it that are just like the vibe we're going for, whether it be deep right, house, which is kind of like, okay, let's hear it. Globally, Spotify is the most popular streaming platform, followed closely by the likes of Apple Music and Amazon Music. However, if we take into uh, the take only the U.S. into consideration, then Apple Music comes on top. Twenty twenty one. So, so Apple has taken globally yeah. Spotify. Interestingly enough, though, uh, this should this should uh, at least back in my research days, the iPhone was not the biggest phone in the world. It was just the biggest phone in the United States, and it was always the Android. True. So that could be also what's helping Spotify not lose, you know, globally to. Um, to Apple Music and why it's only kind of happening in the United States. I have an iPhone and I use Spotify. I, like I think it. that's a lot to do with that. Listen, there's always talk, talk about how, how profitable it is to be the first to market, right? You're the first one out there. Everyone's going to download your product, but then you got to keep them. Spotify's done a great job of keeping people. Uh, but And I think there's also, to be fair, I think a lot of people have both. I think a lot of people go, have both uh, on, the, on, on their Apple devices, do you know uh, how much but, Apple is per month? Is it like unlimited uh, for X? I've never even looked a, into it. Yeah, I think maybe like nine ninety nine, twelve ninety nine. It's probably gone up. Comparable. Yeah, uh, comparable prices. I just think Spotify puts out better like playlists and things like that. But the 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 ability now to kind of get these bigger playlists out there, I don't think Apple is really caught up. Uh, because, like I said, what I was what I was saying with the waiting room is we're trying to put these big things, and we can't really do it through Apple Music. We gotta do it through Spotify because that's just they do a better curated playlist than what Apple's yeah. doing currently. I was gonna say I I love the playlist. I've never even used Apple Music, so I I have clicked around it, but I've never like as a user used it. So yeah. like you said, like getting people to switch is obviously a big thing. But 
since you yeah. said it, like, yeah, the playlists are the best. And looking at the pricing, it's, it's I think it's the same, ten ninety nine. I think Spotify's ten ninety nine. So, yeah. um, and you get Joe Rogan over at Spotify. Speaking of that, yeah. uh, this might be a good for another episode one day in the business world, not sports related, mm-hmm. but our friend, a friend of the program, Baseball with Chuck, uh, DM'd us last week. You know, I'm always asking people um, what topics they'd like. So business, uh, or sorry, Baseball with Chuck, uh, sent a DM saying not baseball related, but a podcast on the Joe Rogan Spotify deal would be uh, interesting episode. Um, oh, you, know, you know, that would be saying he that really, he really enjoyed the show. Hey pod, the numbers, all, all Pat's research. So maybe an evergreen topic to put uh, on a future episode. Certainly, certainly let's, uh, let's put that down. Maybe even combo it with uh, Joe Rogan. Didn't, didn't uh, Alex Cooper call her daddy goose Spotify as well? Yeah. Cooper saw it's a build on that. I think, it, it's actually a good time, interesting time to do it because they signed a bunch of people. So they had Cooper, Rogan, Michelle Obama, who I believe did not get oh, her contract that. renewed. I believe that's out. She's done with that. Um, and I'm sure there's a couple others that signed exclusive deals. They put out a ton of money on exclusivity um, and, and just to try to probably get you know users. So it'd be good to dive into all those contracts. Again, not sports related, but the uh, exclusivity of it could be something if we could find the numbers to make an interesting episode. Yeah. You know, Spotify came after us uh, last year and it just, listen, the numbers weren't there for us. You know, we, they wanted to give us about, about, about 750 K per episode um, for a 10 year deal. And listen, you know, me and Tivo ran the numbers. It just wasn't, it wasn't there. You know, the, the brand value that we're bringing in here to people are just, I mean, astronomical astronomical uh type numbers we're bringing in so just what the numbers didn't add up for us we're, we're we have a great relationship with spotify still we're still excited to possibly work with them in the future but uh, the, the deal did and uh, tivo i know I, I know you want to say your two cents i'll let you say your two cents here but um you know it was just the numbers weren't right for us at the time but i'll let tivo give his his two cents on the deal and why he thought that it was he, we both agreed that it was mutually beneficial to, to not take that deal yeah, and I just thought that it was heresy not to include the private jet. I mean, that was the sticking point, just so we could get together. We're like, hey, if we're going to be yeah. exclusive, we want to do it in person every week, yeah. and the private yeah. jet needed to be included um, with studio space down in Miami mm. at the one hotel. Um, yeah, and, and they couldn't they couldn't do that and throw in a free uh, you know scent diffuser for, for yeah, the one hotel. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't get it either. I thought. This, I thought the. I thought the jet and the studio space was an, is an easy sell, easy add in. I thought that was an investment. If anything, Miami's yeah. the future of business. People saying so it's yeah. more of an investment on yeah. their part. That it's almost like them. we're. Yeah, we're trying to. We're trying to. Trying to help them. You know, you're welcome. Yeah, one hundred percent. Thanks, we get. I mean, yeah, Sirius 100%. XM has a studio down in Miami, so we were trying to bring them into that. Like, it wouldn't just be sorry, we're closed. We could have got a top tier producer. You could add them down there. We could have done other shows. It was just a mess. It was a mess. That's all. It was a mess. It was a mess. It was a mess. But listen, great relationship still. Speak very highly of the Spotify folks over there. Uh, very excited about uh, you know possibly working with them in the future. Although Tim Cook did just call me, um, and uh, he's he's interested in, in in seeing what we have in store for us, and and maybe bringing us on as an exclusive to Apple Podcast type thing. So excited to talk to Tim later. Me and Tivo have a meeting with him later this week. So excited to be out there and he's flying us out private to um to california to go meet him so excited to see that um yeah all good things there all good things but let's move on we have three four left four collaborations left this one was 
just kind of cool because, you know, I obviously like this type of movie. But Aston Martin and 007. Few brand collaborations are as iconic as Aston Martin and the James Bond series of films. The relationship began in 1964 movie Goldfinger, in which then-Bond actor Sean Connery drove an Aston Martin DB5. By 2015, Daniel Craig was driving the Aston Martin DB10 Inspector, which also featured deals with Jaguar and Range Rover, among others. The preceding film, Skyfall, generated $7.6 million in brand value for the products it's featured, Adweek reported. And for its 25th installment in the Bond franchise due out in November, Aston Martin rolled out four special models according to, according to Car and Driver, two vintage, the classic DB8 and V8 uh, Vantage, and two new ones, the DBS uh, Super Legla. TiVo, your thoughts on that pronunciation? You did good. Thank you. And Aston Martin uh, Valhaya uh, regarding the release Aston Martin tweeted, there's something for every Bond fan. Uh, so, I mean, listen, it's not the biggest deal, biggest collaboration we've seen. Who knows, uh, you know, the actual numbers and how many Aston Martins they've sold because of the collaboration since 1964. Uh, but a cool collaboration nonetheless. And I'm sure there are plenty of rich people buying Aston Martins that love 007. They're like, yeah, listen, I'll get myself an Aston Martin. I guess if you're getting yourself an Aston Martin, you're, you probably fall in one of two categories. One, it's the, the most expensive car you have. And like, that's, that's your baby. That's what you're doing. Or two, you have a ton of them. And you're like, why not have the James Bond car? And let's just buy the Aston Martin for shits and giggles. Yeah, it's so- a great elevated brand exercise. Kind of like how in movies, um, all the black, you know, that's always a Chevy Tahoe blacked out black tint SUV for, um, you know, the caravan scene and all that. It's, it's just an elevated branding exercise that, you know, falls onto the public. So whether it's creating yeah. sales or not, it's, it's, it's elevating the brand. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Um, all right. Next Red Bull and GoPro. And I love this one. I'll read you the stats real quick, but I'm going to tell you why I love it. 2016 marked, the start of the multi-year global partnership between the ang- the energy drink, I was about to say the angry drink, the energy drink makers at Red Bull and the camera innovators at GoPro. The deal made GoPro an exclusive point of view camera and content partner at Red Bull's plethora of media productions and events. And Red Bull got an equity share in the camera company. Fast Company called the ongoing partnership the action content action content equivalent of McDonald's teaming up with Coke. In 2017, Red Bull sales went up two percent globally selling over 6 billion cans, and GoPro made $247 million by year's end, capturing 80% of the global action camera market. In 2019, GoPro, GoPro was valued at $1.195 billion, and this year Red Bull was valued at $11.1 billion. Now, the reason I love this is when you think like doing crazy shit like Red Bull does, Red Bull does a great job of doing crazy shit. Like... Don't you just assume it's on a GoPro? Like, yeah, like if I were to go, if I were to go hiking, and I wanted like live action, I wanted to do stuff like that. Like I would just assume I'm going to get a GoPro. Like I, if I'm going to go, I went, I went windsurfing one time. I got a GoPro. Right? I, if I were to skydive, I would want a GoPro. Like I just, I don't even know there if there is another company that does this type of, the type of filming. Uh, Insta360 is a new one. It does that 360 video. Very cool uh, company. Yeah. Um, 
you know, gaining some share. I know Red Bull has their own 360 camera as well. But back in the day, I mean, it was it was just GoPro. And I don't think anybody really ever realized how big GoPro would be. I know there's their own story of the company and, you know, building it and the valuations it got to make that guy, a, you know, a billionaire, basically. But you, you never think of like the, the wildest thing I remember because I was always into cameras and I was like, yeah, like, I never knew maybe how to use it. And then eventually I got one and took it on trips and had some fun making some content. But I never like I always looked at it like, well, what would I use that for? Like, I'm not jumping off a building or doing, you know, double barrel backflips on a snowboard. <laughs> but then all of a sudden you go to a ski resort and everybody had one like 10 year old kids had one on their chest or on their helmet. And they couldn't even get down the mountain 10 feet without falling. And I'm like, well, why does that kid have one? Why does he need one? And yeah. it wasn't it because it, 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 I was always focused on like making the best video possible, but some people just like to have it to record what they were doing. And I, I personally never thought of that angle of, of consumer. I thought you had to be jumping off of cliffs or diving underwater or doing backflips to to warrant having one. And that's not the case. I mean, there's some people having one. Now, I would never use their clips in a million years, but if you enjoy it, go for it. I mean, yeah, a couple hundred bucks to record yourself falling down a mountain, go for it. So I, yeah. I, the use case exploded. I think not just oh. me, but a lot of people underestimated the use case of who would want to use yeah. GoPro. Yeah, it's, like I said, it's seemingly everybody. I, I, I don't know where that GoPro is to this day, but if I went and did something else, I might get another GoPro to go, tr go film whatever the hell I'm going to do. Uh, so I said, I, I think that is one of those things that are interesting how they relate it to McDonald's and Coke. Um, and then Red Bull as an innovator, just doing like their content. I think I've mentioned it before on the show, but like they don't, they barely put red. I mean, obviously the logo of the helmet or yeah, the Jersey, they, the guy's wearing, but they never put rarely ever put the can or the actual drink in any of no. their commercials. It's just a brand no. exercise of cool content, which is, which is awesome. Honestly, I love it too because you get to a certain point of brand awareness where people already know what Red Bull is, right? Like the amount of people that come to the bar and ask for Red Bull vodka, but then when you go to pour them Red Bull vodka, they're like, no, 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 I just want the energy drink on the, on the gun or whatever it is. But that's what it's known as. It's, it's Red Bull vodka. That's what, you, that's what you drink, even though it's terrible for you. I don't suggest it for you folks. But it's just like you already – everyone knows what Red Bull is now. Now it's just about keeping the brand awareness out there and doing these cool-ass videos – so the awareness continues. It just keeps on going. Like you just know, you always keep continually thinking of Red Bull. And because these cool SVs are going to involve GoPros, it's helping GoPro as well stay relevant and stay up to date. And now when you think about doing cool things, I just saw a video yesterday of them um, trying to get the guy to uh, skate faster than anybody's ever skated before. Uh, and he had, they went on, the, they went on this, this, I guess, thick piece of ice that's very long over some type of lake somewhere and had a, a pickup truck with like a wind tunnel over it so that he had no wind resistance. And he just, he just, he just did this and they just kept going and he ended up getting up to like 103 miles an hour. That might uh, be a fun episode too, actually, is the case study of Red Bull content. Yeah. Cause that's sport. That is sports related, like extreme sports. Cause the amount of money that goes into some of these stunts just to get a video is insane. But then, insane. you know, I, I mean, I'm sure there's tons of flops, but the ones that hit are getting tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of views. Yeah, I, I just you saw the other one too, where they they landed this really small plane on that helicopter pad in Dubai. Yeah, that was so weird. Uh, what? So weird, but awesome. I yeah, watched I it, it was, but I watched it, but I watched. And of course, it. so did I. I was like, is this guy going to land this there? Is that really going to be able to pull this off? Uh, so yeah, listen, I think Red they've done both. One one of the, my favorite ones on this list because they've both done an exceptional job. 
at just kind of being together almost as one company. And now when you think of the other, you think of the other, or when you think of one, you think of the other. And it's just that, you know, and they all have their own markets where we're doing this extreme shit. All right, I film it on GoPro. And then Red Bull, it does this extreme shit, but when I'm at the bar, I want a Red Bull vodka. Like it, just, it, just, it just works. They've done a great job of that. So um, we have the last two here. The last two, the last one we will do is segues into our next episode. That's what the test case will be studying for next week. Uh, we wanted to do it uh, with Sean on the pod. We we're going to do it this week. We wanted to do it with Sean on the pod, so we'll have this for next week. But this one I thought was interesting because I didn't expect it, and it seemed to work really well. Uh, so it's National Geographic and Tourism in New Zealand. Uh, and in 2017, National Geographic and Tourism New Zealand joined actress Bryce Dallas Howard, which I've never heard of, who served as the project's creative director to promote Kiwi tourism via a six-part video series entitled The Ultimate New Zealand Experience. As TNZ Chief Executive Stephen England Hall put it, when you have someone of Bryce, Bryce's caliber who genuinely loves your country and you, and you pair that with National Geographic travel, one of the best in authentic destination storytelling, magic happens. The partnership led to an additional 1.5 million U.S. travelers visiting New Zealand and an increase of 11%, uh, which is an increase of 11% in U.S. visitors spending money when they came to travel. To see that kind of a hike, I thought was unbelievable. I wasn't going to include this one originally because I thought it was a little boring. But then when I read that last part where they saw a hike of 1.5 million U.S. visitors all spent, think about, they all spent 10 bucks. They just brought in, you know, you know, fifteen million dollars uh, to New Zealand that was no wasn't wasn't already coming there just by this partnership, and who knows how much this partnership may have cost them, and so on and so forth. But you gotta imagine most people spent more than fifteen bucks uh, or ten bucks. So, it, I, I mean, wildly, wildly popular. Um, you know, I mean, I guess it's not. Is it a wildly popular t- uh, tourist destination, New Zealand? I mean, I've I've thought of it going to Australia, but it's a pain in the ass to get to. So I, yes. I don't know. Would you go to there? I've had, this converse, I've had this conversation recently, actually. I would love to go there. I just don't know if I could be on a plane that long. Yeah, I'd have to do first class, which is going to be very expensive. Um, um, and it's just it's going to be a whole thing. But like I said, to do a partnership with National Geographic and see this kind of results, and, I, was, and I was shocked. I, I, I would love to look into National Geographic Tourism New Zealand or look into Tourism New Zealand's if they had any input or uh, strategy to get the Lord of the Rings to film there, if that was yeah. like, you know, either it was either the Lord of the Rings director was like, we have to film in New Zealand, or if there's some tourism New Zealand guy going to Hollywood trying to mm. pitch like, hey, if you have any movies, like we have this great landscape or, you know, obviously 2017 was after Lord of the Rings time. Um, but, you know, just an idea. No, honestly, it's one of the notes I put in earlier is, is something to consider, folks, before we get into this last one and end the show. Something to consider is like uh, it has a ripple effect. Uh, like, you know, when, when certain, like, certain things like this happen, like, for example, the Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift one, like, you know, the, the Kelsey podcast has taken, a, taken huge numbers from it. Now, they were already doing well, but you're telling me that some of the episodes once that was announced were not listened to by a ton of Swifties to hear more information from Travis Kelsey like it, it has grown. I mean, I'm sure their mother is is more popular than she was because 
a huge female audience that Taylor Swift has, and they'll be able to relate to you know Mrs. Kelsey and and loving that family you know dynamic between Travis and his brother and 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 Mrs. Kelsey. So like there's there's a ripple effect that just keeps progressing more and more and more, and you never know they might not you know they might not mention that this this thing got got you know um, a Lord of the Rings film there, but you never know maybe the director was watching it one day and was like that's cool. And then anyway, maybe let's take a look at New Zealand, see if it's a cool place. I was watching the show, and you don't know it could have. There's so much indirect, you know, type of 100%. money. Well, maybe not indirect. It, it might be direct money, but you just might not be able to track that. That's where it came from to see that this collaboration grew and, that big. And that's a great point if you scale it down to what we do every week with you know this podcast and with you is just you know you're you're a soldier, a content soldier, trying to put stuff out differently every week. And I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, but when we were running around the bars on Hoboken Santa Claus before the party that day, like, you know, there were 15 people that said, you know, oh, there he is. There's the TikTok guy. I think five of them you might have heard, but I saw many others that were like, oh, they're like pointing at you quietly like there he is. And, you know, you just don't know what effects, you know, your efforts can have if you, if you stick to it. So I think that's a No, you really don't. You scale, never know but- what. Yeah, and you never know what what, what direction you're going to go into. And now every time I'm out, like I said, excuse me the other day at New Year's Eve to, to get a group, this group, and the guy like moved out of the way and then lost his shit that it was me. Um, and it, you see these things and they grow and they grow and they grow and and you just kind of you kind of keep going. And like you said a content soldier. I remember when we when I first brought you on, we talked a lot about social media and growth and how you saw that I could get better and all that stuff. And you said, like, I was talking to the Barstool guys, and you know, obviously we're all both friendly with a lot of those guys over there. You used to work there. I guess I theoretically used to work there, but much smaller time period. But you talked to a lot of those guys, and you, I remember you saying to me, like, these guys just know what, what works. They're just, they're just constantly putting stuff out. Constant, 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 constant. And, like, you know, what I've always thought is, like, working at Barstool kind of gives you that um, excuse for things to flop. Well, this is my job. Mm-hmm. This is what I have to do. And it gives you that excuse where you're not as embarrassed anymore. Whereas, like when we were going through this podcast, you know, in the beginning, and the growing pains that TiVo and I had were like we were talking about stuff, and I was like, I don't really want to put this out on my social media. Like, I don't, I, I don't like this. It feels not, it feels weird. It feels like something I shouldn't be talking about, like all this stuff. But the thing that is so important is it took that to get to where we are now, where like I TiVo has the has the keys to my Instagram. Most of the stuff he posts I love. Like it's all of this like this business content game. But it's like stuff that I enjoy now. What's what's one thing I posted that you didn't love? Oh, I said most. I knew you were gonna ask that. I haven't seen anything I didn't love. (laughs) (laughs) I knew I knew the moment I said most, you're like, oh let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's air it out. No, there's nothing I haven't I've seen yet, at least that I didn't love. So but like that's the stuff that just kinda it takes that stuff in order to get to that level. And, it, you know, it, you know, I remember Marty Mush prior to his Barstool days. I remember seeing like a video of him you know, posting and like doing like a, a, a live betting thing in his basement with his parrot. And it's like parrot like flew into the TV or something and it went viral because that was cool. It was like a moment that was cool in his thing. But he, who, how, long, how long did he film before he got that? How long did he film right. before he got to, to Barstool? You know, and you saw Gary Vaynerchuk where he was doing these wine videos early on where it was just him and a camera. And like three people would watch it, but now he's, you know, exponentially big with millions of followers. So you just don't know, but you need to go through that process oftentimes to get to where you want to go. And you know, we're getting there now with with the podcast and and moving along. My socials are coming together in Hoboken and drawing more business to the bars. Uh, fun fact: We're doing our own bar crawl, uh, February third, Saturday. We're doing a welcome back from dry January bar crawl. 
and I'm going to hopefully collaborate with a few people on it, like Hoboken's micro-influencers, to kind of push it a little bit more. Uh, and we're going to kind of get people to kind of like, hey, listen, welcome back. Oftentimes, people, when they do dry January, they have like a plan for that first weekend to go do something. I'm going to try to give them that plan, free ticket. Uh, and say, come to the bars, enjoy yourself, you know, and we're going to offer, or try to offer some type of complimentary drink uh, that uh, that they can have. Now, obviously, we don't want people over drinking, but, you know, we're, it's going to be a longer bar crawl, so as long as you pace yourself, you should be fine. But yeah, complimentary drink and enjoy yourselves and, and, and have a nice little, nice little event and welcome back to Dry January in a nice, uh, safe environment. But be able to also experience all my bars and then on the flip side, turn what is usually a typically slow Saturday day at my places into a little bit of a busier one. So... Uh, you know, a win-win all around. So, but finally, uh, the last collaboration and the one that uh, I believe, uh, not I believe, the one that we are doing uh, for next week's show that we've, we actually, it popped up on my screen. Uh, barring like any ago, breaking, I, barring any wild breaking news, we want to put in that tidbit. Just of course, in case. of course. Just this is, case. this is what you would call, as we spoke about earlier, about Joe Rogan and Evergreen Topic. We can talk about this at any time. So barring any breaking news or anything crazy happening, the topic we will be discussing and one of the most lucrative um, one of the most lucrative you know collaborations of all time, uh, Michael Jordan and Nike. Now, sports sponsorship I'll read this little blurb for you guys. Sports sponsorships could easily make a list of their own, but Michael Jordan and Nike's iconic collaboration is a big part of the reason why consumers think of the star athletes themselves as brands. When Jordan brand and Nike Air Jordans were first released in 1985, they were projected to sell between 3 and 4 million pairs, generating 55 million in early orders and retail sales alone. Fast forward to 2016, the Jordan revenue the Jordan revenues were at 2.8 billion as of 2020. Jordan has earned over 1.3 billion in payments from Nike according to Forbes. I mean, just as lucrative as a deal as it gets, Jordan has done a great job. He's able to, you know, he's able to take this Nike money and buy the Charlotte Hornets, which I think he just sold. But that—that that is where he made his money, so to speak. You know, and he's done more probably that we don't know about to make him. I know he's done a bunch of golf courses that he enjoys and all that good stuff. Uh, but there is also, and I'm looking, I'm interested to go look into this. There's also a little bit of a caveat to his mother here that she helped negotiate this deal early on with with Nike. Got Michael. I, I don't know what he she got him, but. Uh, something a little bit better in the contract that has led to a lot of the, the 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 millions and millions and millions of dollars that Jordan has made from Nike over the course of the last however many years. So we'll get into all of that in the next week's show. Um, Michael Jordan again, barring any breaking news, but Michael Jordan and Nike being one of the most lucrative collaborations of all time uh, is is certainly something that I'm interested in. I got some numbers already for you guys, so I'm looking forward to getting into that next week. Um, TiVo, any last words before we, we let the, our, 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 our dear, dear listeners head out for their week? Not signing everybody up for this, but I think over the next week okay. or this weekend, I might watch the movie Air. Air is the film based on true events of the origin of Air Jordan, uh, the shoe line. And Matt Damon, Ben, a- ben Affleck, uh, I think Chris Tucker's in it from what I'm seeing. Uh, Bateman's in it, Viola Davis. My mom, my mom mentioned it over Christmas. She said she watched it and it was really interesting. So I, I don't, I think it's based on the true story. Is everything to a T factually that's in the contract? Not sure. But uh, if any yeah. of the listeners want to want to join us in listening, it I'll, I'll sign up to watch it. And you know, maybe if you're free, I will. I will also too. sign up to. I'll also sign up to watch. I'll do a little movie night with Avery 
and yep. order some pizza and watch a a show or a movie she may not be that interested in. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> well, I see it's on Amazon Prime, so it's called Air uh, on Amazon Prime. So we'll we'll mix that into our uh, Jordan episode, uh, Jordan Brown right. episode next week. Perfect, guys. All right, so we'll talk about that next week, guys. Hope you guys had a wonderful weekend. Hope you're well into any of your New Year's resolutions and haven't given up on them yet. And uh, until next time, guys, we'll see you later.